So like Jaira said, today we are continuing on our series called Enthusiasm, Re-Engage the One True God. And throughout this series, we're looking at those crossroads in our lives, those moments, those forks where we have to make a decision. Where do I stand spiritually? Do I choose to be a seeker? Do I choose to follow God in those moments, in all moments? Or do I become a sleeper? Do I fall asleep to the things of God? And we've talked about, do I stick to what I know, tradition, and maybe even a distorted view of God, or do I rediscover who Jesus really is? We've talked about how we can have big mountains in our life that seem to block our path, but in those those times where we feel like we have that mountain, do we trust in Jesus? Do we rely on him in those moments to give us peace, power, and purpose? So we know we can rely on Jesus to follow him, to walk those paths that seem bumpy, that seem really difficult, that really seem hard, but that Jesus is saying, this is the path, walk in it. But what does it mean to follow Jesus? Does it mean that we just wake up in the morning and say, as we swing our legs over the bed and hop up, today I'm going to follow Jesus. Is, is that it? Is that what we do? Is following Jesus following the Ten Commandments? That's, they're pretty straightforward and most people know what those are. You shall not murder, you shall not steal, you should not commit adultery. We can kind of look at those and think at the end of the day, yep, tick, I didn't steal today. I follow God. I didn't murder today. I'm okay. I follow God. But is that really what following Jesus is all about? Jesus was talking to a group of people in his most famous sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. And he says in Luke chapter 6, 46, So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Imagine Jesus saying that to you. Like, ouch. Now he was talking to people who did exactly what we were just talking about. He was talking to people who followed the Ten Commandments, who followed all of the religious laws, all of the rituals they were supposed to do. And they thought though, in doing those things that that was going to make them okay with God. But they didn't actually know God. They didn't know Jesus. They were just doing stuff for God. But they didn't believe in their heart. And it's easy to say, yep, I didn't steal, I didn't murder. This is part of following Jesus, but there is so much more to it than that. Faith and following Jesus isn't just a bunch of rules. Now there's a story in the New Testament called the rich young ruler. And this guy followed those Ten Commandments, followed the laws. He was supposedly listening to God and putting into place these things in his life. And this rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, I have done this my whole life. What should I do to inherit eternal life? He was coming to Jesus thinking, I can earn my way into heaven. I've followed what you've said I should do. I've done it all. Surely, Jesus, that justifies my entrance into heaven. And Jesus responds, well, actually, there's one more thing you need to do. Luke 18, 22 says, there is one thing you still haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. This guy was at a crossroad. Which direction do I take? Do I listen to the voice of Jesus, or do I go the other way? 
Now imagine what he was thinking in that moment. If I listen to the voice of Jesus, if I do that, he's asking me to give up all of my possessions. Remember, he was wealthy. But Jesus is saying, this is the path. This is the best way. But that means giving up my status, my power, my wealth. Do I follow the voice of Jesus or do I go the other way? Because in the other way, I've done all right. I've got lots of wealth. I know I can do it by myself. This is my security. Which way do I go? And if you keep reading Luke chapter 18, we know that this man didn't end up following Jesus. He walked. He chose his own strength. He chose what he knew he could rely on. He didn't trust what Jesus was saying was the best path for him. But the story of this rich young ruler actually tells us that just doing stuff doesn't cut it with God. Doing stuff for God isn't about following Jesus necessarily. That is secondary. It's flawed thinking if we think we can just do stuff to earn our way into heaven. Jesus calls us when we are to follow him, to trust him, rely on him, follow his voice, know him personally, not follow, not necessarily follow the rules, but trust in him. Now, have you ever been in a situation and you are at that crossroads and it is so clear, Jesus has made it so clear that this is the particular path that he wants you to walk down? What have you done? What did you do? Did you follow him? And how do you do that with enthusiasm when it might look like the rich young ruler where Jesus is saying, I want you to give up something really big. I want you to give up something which is uncomfortable for you. Lay down something. Head in a new direction, a new path. It seems scary and big, but this is the way I'm showing you. Now, for me, one of those biggest forks in my life was when I was 25 years old. Jesus was showing me a new path, a new direction, and that meant that I was to give up my full-time job and basically live at the poverty line for two years while I did an unpaid internship. That was a really scary decision. I stood at that fork road for a little while, that fork road, crossroad, that fork in the road, and I was thinking, Jesus, that's a big ask. What do I do? And in that particular case, I actually followed the voice of Jesus. I quit my job, and I went down that path that Jesus was asking me to go down, and I didn't look back. He always provided everything I needed. Trusting Jesus in that moment at that crossroad is a big decision but there are many times I could tell you so many stories where the exact opposite is also true where Jesus has said this is the path walk down it and I've said no thank you I want to walk the other way and like Jara was saying if you're here on Wednesday night Mike was talking about those moments where we feel like we hear the voice of God but we're too afraid to speak out there have been so many times in my life where I felt like I had Jesus has spoken to me, and I was too afraid. I walked the other way, and each time I came to that realization, Jesus was right. That really was the best path. These forks, these crossroads where Jesus is asking him to follow, asking us to follow him, are really pivotal moments in our faith, in our spiritual life. Some of you are probably sitting here thinking, if Jesus just said, go this way, I would do it. I would lay down everything and walk that way. 
hearing Jesus' voice is actually a big topic and it's a topic for another day. But for the sake of this message, we're just going to assume that sometimes in our life, Jesus will tell you to do something. He's going to speak to you. So how do we follow him? How do we do that with enthusiasm? And in Luke chapter 5, Jesus is teaching a bunch of people and they're really hungry to hear him speak. And in Luke chapter 5, we see the call of Simon Peter. And we're going to read that. Luke 5 verse 1, it says, One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, No, go out. Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. So Jesus commandeered Peter's boat, taking it out to the shore and using it as kind of a stage so the people could see and hear him that day. I wonder what Peter was thinking, Simon Peter was thinking when Jesus did that. Because they were washing their nets. This probably was maybe early in the morning. They'd been out all night on the water. And this was the last thing they were doing before they could go home. Eat, sleep, see their family. This probably would have been a really big inconvenience to Peter. Taking the boat out again. Jesus, I just want to go home. But Peter obliges Jesus and pushes the boat out and uses it as a stage so people could hear him teach. But then Jesus, when he finishes teaching, says to Peter, Now go out deeper. Let your nets down and you're going to catch some fish. Now this is really interesting because Peter is a very experienced fisherman. He's probably been out most nights on the water of his life. He would know how to read the tides. He would know what the weather was doing. He would know when the fish are biting. So imagine when Jesus, who is, has a reputation at this point in time as being a teacher and a carpenter, says to an experienced fisherman, you know what? The fish are biting. I know better. Push the boat out deeper. Put the nets in that you've just washed and you're going to catch fish. What is Jesus doing? Now, Simon Peter at this point doesn't believe that Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah. He only knows Jesus by reputation. And I was thinking, if I put myself in that situation, if I was Peter that day, I would have said to Jesus, you're a teacher, I'm a fisherman. We've been out all night, haven't caught a thing, I just want to go home. See you later. But this walk in the road for Peter, he does what Jesus says. He, it says in verse 5, Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing, but if you say so, I'll let down the nets. Simon Peter did it. This pivotal point in his life, this crossroads, this faith decision. And I imagine his crew thinking as well, because there was more than just him on a fishing boat, thinking, Simon, what are you doing? I want to go home as well. This means we're going to have to wash the nets again. You are crazy. Verse 6, And this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realised what happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught. 
as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Simon Peter listened, and it resulted in a catch so big that both boats couldn't hold it. Now this story, this is a narrative story. This is the story of Simon Peter's calling. And one of the things we can often do when we come to a Bible passage is look for repeatable patterns. We can read a story and try and make a formula out of it. This is what happened here in this particular story in the Bible. So if I just do this, then God will respond in the exact same way. But that's not what following Jesus is all about. This story is the unique calling of Simon Peter. The pattern or what we see here is not necessarily repeatable and doesn't necessarily apply to everyone. Jesus probably isn't going to ask you to leave behind your nets. You probably don't even have nets to leave behind. But what we can do is look at this story and look at Peter's heart and his experience that allow him to follow Jesus' voice, to give up everything and walk with Jesus. How often in our lives do we wish that Jesus would just map it out, give it all to us? How much easier would that be? We want it laid out because we want to know what we're going to be doing as a career. We want to know who our life partner is going to be, where we're going to end up. Those things would be so much easier. They would make our life so much easier if God just said that to us. And you know what? I think if God actually did that for each of us, if it was laid out, we would probably end up worshipping the path, not the God of the path. I haven't met anyone in my life that God has laid out their life like that step by step. We don't see it in the Bible. God only tends us to give us one little step in front because that means we have to trust him, rely on him as we're listening to him and asking him what is the next step. It's like God actually gives us a compass, not a map. I don't know if you've ever picked up a compass. When you pick it up, you open up, there's usually a little flap, you open it up and you look at the compass and you usually orientate yourself to where the needle is pointing. That's the direction you want to go. That's usually, well, should be, not usually, should be showing you true north. Maps are straightforward. Compasses are a little difficult to follow. A compass might take you on a hike through a bush and it might be quite an adventure, but you'll get there. But the path isn't necessarily straight. It's going to be quite a journey, and that's probably what our faith in following Jesus is going to look like. But what we've already talked a lot about through this series that is on the path, Jesus is with you. If it looks a little bumpy, it's okay. He's right there beside you. You can trust him. You can rely on him. He will give you peace, power, and purpose. And we can be pretty good at convincing ourselves if we've got that compass, if we're following him, that we've got our eye on Jesus. But half the time, we do have our eye on Jesus, but we're also looking at our own pursuits, what we can do in our own strength. We're not handing everything over to him in those situations. Peter's realisation is, you know what, no matter what Jesus is offering, this is going to be the best path for my life. It's the best plan, much better than I can ever imagine and hope for. He experienced so much blessing in boatfuls of fish, 
And yet he left it all behind to follow the voice of Jesus and follow the call of Jesus on his life. The Apostle Paul also came to this realization, and we see in Philippians 3 that he wrote, Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have discarded everything else, counting it as garbage so I could gain Christ. And I wonder if that verse is true for you today. Would you count everything a loss for the sake of knowing Jesus? Do you believe that the path at that crossroad that Jesus is showing you is going to be the best, is going to bring the most life, is going to bring the most uh, peace and purpose to you? Are you willing to follow Jesus' voice like a compass? And you might think you are unworthy to follow Jesus. Simon Peter said to Jesus, Get away from me. I am not good enough. But as we read through that story, Jesus didn't do that. He didn't go to Simon Peter and say, Actually, you're right. I got it wrong. You are pretty bad. So I'm just going to go over here and find someone who's a little bit better. He didn't say that at all. He said, No, don't be afraid. I'm going to use you anyway. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Don't be afraid. Follow me down that path. Jesus might be speaking to your heart this morning. He might be calling you and working in your heart, maybe for the very first time, or maybe it's a kind of a recall, a recall on your life of coming back to Jesus. You know who he is. You know that you need to follow him. Will you use the compass he's giving you and turn yourself to face him? Don't be afraid. Follow me, Jesus says. He's not condemning you. He's not judging you. Like we talked about last week, he gives us peace, power and purpose. And through the work on the cross, he has forgiven us and he gives us freedom. Don't be afraid. Come and follow me. And Luke 5 verse 11 says, And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Jesus' voice. The call of Jesus changed everything in Simon Peter's life. Are you prepared to leave everything behind for the sake of Jesus? To live out the truth that everything is worthless in comparison to knowing him and following him. One of the steps that Jesus asks us to do in our faith is actually to be baptised to be put underwater and brought back up. And this is a symbol of what Jesus has done in our hearts. This is a symbol that we have died to our old life and that we are raised again in new life with him. Baptism is a symbol of what he has done, that He, you are willing to follow him for the rest of your life. Next week, we're actually going to have our baptism pool filled up and ready. Maybe this morning Jesus is asking you to take that next step in faith. Maybe you're at that crossroads and you've been thinking, Jesus, I want to follow you. We'll have that opportunity next week. So if Jesus is speaking to your heart today, come and see myself, Jaira or Jeff or anyone else on stage. We can help you prepare for that next week. Jesus is calling us and we need to listen to his voice. He is still speaking today. He isn't silent. John 10, 27 says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. The voice of Jesus in our lives comes through the Holy Spirit today living within us. 
And we've talked a lot about this over the last few weeks and we'll talk about it more in the future because Jesus speaks in so many different ways. Most often it's through his voice in our heart, in our soul, and most often his voice sounds like our own voice. But that voice, that thought, that prompt in our, our life, we know it just isn't our thought or our prompt. That voice that sounds like our voice is different to what we would normally think or do. It's probably Jesus. Jesus speaks in dreams, in visions, in prophecy, in words and knowledge, through other people and circumstances. But remember, God gives us free will. God gives us free will when we are listening to him. And sometimes we think, why didn't that prophetic word happen? But most, it would be that prophetic word probably didn't happen because you chose not to follow Jesus in that direction. Knowing the voice of God takes practice. It actually requires us to step out and to know, to say, I think God is saying this. But one of the key things is when you think that Jesus has spoken, when God has spoken through his Holy Spirit, check it against who Jesus is and what he said. Ask other Christian people, do you think this is something that Jesus would say? Will you pray with me about this? And when you've had, when you're certain, boldly follow it because Jesus is showing you a path which is going to bring you life. And Jesus knows that we are learning to hear his voice. He knows that sometimes we might miss it. And I believe that he is really gracious to us because it is a learning process. We learn, the more we listen, the more we hear, the more we know his voice. And often I think Jesus will repeat a message in so many different ways to us until we actually get the message. He's not trying to hide from us. He's not trying to keep himself from us. He's trying to show us his voice and the way to follow him. Don't be afraid. You are going to miss it when he speaks. In the Old Testament, we see a little boy named Samuel, and God was calling out to him. And Samuel heard God's voice and thought it was his guardian, Eli. So he ran to Eli and said, what do you want, Eli? And Eli said, it's not me. Go back to bed. This happened a second time. Samuel didn't know it was God's voice. Eli, are you calling me? No, go back to bed. Third time, God called Samuel's name, ran to Eli, and Eli realized what was going on and said, Samuel, God is speaking to you. Listen. Don't be afraid that you're going to miss God's voice. If he has a direction and a path for you, he will show you. He will help you follow him. He will help you listen and hear it. He's gracious with us. And when we, what we find is when we walk that path with him, when we choose to follow him down the path he's got for us, one step in front, suddenly new perspectives open up. And suddenly we can see, usually see options that weren't there before. We can see that God has been working the path all along. Are you oriented towards Jesus, using your compass, turning towards him, our true north? Are you willing to ask him to speak to you and listen? Be still long enough to listen. Are you willing to practice and have a go? Ask Jesus, Jesus, what do you want to say here? Speak to me. And do that even if the path isn't 100% clear. Are you willing to do whatever Jesus tells you to do? I want to take a moment to pause and that we can do exactly that this morning. That we can ask the Holy Spirit because 
Probably there are so many people here that feel like they are at that fork, that crossroad, and they don't know which way to go. I want to leave space for the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart, that you will hear his voice, that you will ask him, Jesus, speak. So let's pray, and I'll leave that quiet time where you can just talk to God and listen. Jesus, thank you so much that as we learn to hear your voice, that you are so gracious with us. I pray that as we take time to listen this morning, as we lean into you, that you will speak to our hearts. I pray that you will help us to learn what your voice sounds like. And I pray that you will give us the courage to follow in where you are leading us, to walk down that path that you say is the best plan for my life. Holy Spirit, speak. If you want to hear what Jesus is saying and you're desperate to hear the direction he's leading in you and you didn't hear anything this morning, keep asking. Keep stepping out in faith because he will show you. And if you did, God is really prompting your heart this morning um, and you're not sure, talk to someone. Say, do you think this is something that Jesus will say? Pray, will you pray with me? See if God will confirm it. And if Jesus is prompting you maybe this morning to take that step of baptism, come and see one of us on stage and we can help you get ready for that maybe next week. We'll have the baptism pool set up. So Aaron and the team are going to lead us in worship as we finish up.